Rabbi and welcome back, and welcome to one and all, welcome to Shlomo. He's here with us live this morning, part of our live audience. Very special treat, and uh, coming to you from the CBS Community Kailo, a beautiful Tuesday morning, Yom Shahuch Baboy Kitoiv, a day of double dose. No green screen behind him either. No green screen behind Shlomo, that's right. No green screen behind him, no, nothing in front no of him, nothing under him, <laughs> as far as I can see. And a uh, double dose of goodness day. And let's continue over here in Derech Hashem, Chelek Beis Perek Gimel. We are in Ches still. We can try to wrap up Ches today. In Ches, we had a long piece over here giving us a discussion within the discussion of suffering, understanding suffering, and the spe- special category of the suffering of the tzaddik, the suffering of the pious person, the suffering of the chassid, of the holy man of his generation, and all the things that his suffering can accomplish. And the Ramchal has been building up to the idea that we're going to conclude this morning, which is suffering not just to help his co-generationalists get into Elam Habat, suffering not just to atone for them, not just to prevent bad decrees from happening, and all that can be accomplished through the suffering of the tzaddik, but suffering that can bring the entire world one step closer to its destiny. The entire world can be brought to tikkun, to shleimus, to destiny, through the suffering of the tzaddik. And the board was already set yesterday for us. All the pieces were put into place um, from the Ram, what the Ramchal showed with us yesterday. And we saw that part of the world uh, arriving at the finish line, coming to a, its goal point and achieving its destiny requires a certain amount of suffering and pain in the world. This world can't get to the finish line without there being some tsar. That, that sounds intense. That sounds um, discouraging. That's how Kosh Baruch made a world that you can't get to Shlemus without suffering. So on the other hand, we know Chazal tells Adam Lomel Yulad, we're here for toil, we're here for effort, we're here to Schwitz, right? That, that's, that's a certain amount of tsar. So what is this idea that the world needs tsar to reach its shleimus? So as we explained yesterday, from a cosmic perspective, from a cosmic perspective, the world's created in such a, in, in, a, in a sense that Hashem is hidden, and Hashem is hidden for Hashem to be revealed. Hashem, the world starts off with Hashem being hidden and concealed, and the purpose of that is for Hashem to be revealed. Revelation is only significant if it, if, if it is done after a concealment. We start off with a situation where we don't see Hashem, there's room to not see Hashem, and then Hashem reveals Himself. There's the big reveal, Hashem says, no, it's really me all along. That's called a revelation. If Hashem was always present, there's no revelation. If Hashem was always clearly around, then there's nothing noteworthy, <laughs> significant about the Hashem, you know, uh, displaying himself to the world. And we lose this concept called Gilu Yehuda. Gilu Yehuda means when Hashem displays his oneness, his everythingness to the world. And the point of that is that there should be first a, 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 a situation, an environment, an opportunity to not see God, to be able to not see God, for there to be darkness. And Hashem says, no, the darkness is really me all, all along. The darkness gives way to the light. That's what we mean that the world has to have tsar first, before we have the, the, um, the simcha. We have to have yagoid before we have the, the, uh, the celebration. We have to have 
a certain amount of discomfort before we have the great revelation because that is what makes the revelation significant. That's what makes it something unique. That's what makes it something to celebrate. The fact that I was able to not see God, no, it really, really is God. The darkness gives way to the light. The darkness was there for the light. The darkness was really um, being sponsored by the light itself and was there to make the light more light. <clears throat> exactly. To make the light something that is appreciated, some, to make it something that's known, something, something that is now celebrated. If we don't start with darkness, then we don't really appreciate what it means to, for there to be light. And then not only that, when the darkness itself gives way to the light, we see that the darkness was the light concealing itself. That is, from a cosmic sense, what the world is here for. We explained yesterday, that's the idea of, 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 of uh, what the world is all about from the perspective of the cosmos, the universe, that's Das Tunis. Der Hashem is presenting the, the purpose of the universe from the perspective of Hashem. The Sea Sharm is presenting the purpose of the universe from the perspective of man. From perspective of, from the perspective of the cosmos, it is here to start off in darkness, for the darkness to be able to be perceived as a lack of God, and for us to see in the end that it really was God all along. So now The world starts off already in the red. The world starts off with a certain amount of Hester Panim, of Tsar. And that Tsar has to be accepted and worked with in order to bring about the ultimate revelation. And the problem is we can dig ourselves deeper and deeper and deeper into the hole. We can get ourselves more and more and more in the red as man spirals downward into corruption and, and, and uh, disaster and destruction that increases the amount of darkness in the world. It increases the amount of, of uh, buildup in this world of the ability to not see God, the ability for God to, so to speak, not be present. And it creates much, much more now that has to be compensated for that has to be overcome, that has to be, you know, that has to be worked out, worked through for that ultimate revelation. And this is the problem. This is why, you know, the world starts off with, with a small amount of suffering. That small amount of suffering really came down to Adam Rishon having to grapple with the Yetzir Haro in Gan Eden. Adam Rishon chooses Ra, he chooses the Yetzir Haro. Mankind is plunged now into even more darkness, more concealment, more Ra that has to be dealt with, more suffering. And as man spirals downward, more and more and more suffering is being built up over here that has to be <coughs> worked out and dealt with in order to bring about the final revelation of Hashem himself. <coughs> We're here to bring about the Gilu Yehudoi, the revelation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That doesn't come without Amal. That has to come with work. That has to come with effort. That comes with, with, with labor to take the darkness and, and, and transform it into light. And we're getting further and further and further into the hole. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, through his Rachamim, decides that what? Sets up that the Tzaddik, when the Tzaddik suffers, his suffering can actually bring the entire world closer to the ultimate revelation of Hashem's light. The Tzaddik himself can suffer for everyone. The Tzaddik himself can have pain on behalf of the entire cosmos. And the Tzaddik's pain can count as cosmic pain and can count as pain of mankind not only to repeal and negate bad decrees that were slated against man, not just to atone for man, but to bring the cosmos, the world, closer to its destiny. Now let's see that now.
Let's take that final step. Let's see. Says the Ramchal. Ve'ulam. We're towards the end of Ches. See their Adam Baruchu. As Shavu said things up. Shashleim v'chashuvim yuchu l'sakein ba'adachem k'meshachazavnu. The shleimim and the chashuvim, the people of their generation that have achieved shleimus, that have achieved perfection, and of, of their, they are of high stature. They have gedula. They have uh, a, 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 a uh, you know occupy a a um, pedestal position within peoples of Klai Yisrael. They can make a tikkun. They can rectify the situation. Balance the books of the universe on behalf of their generation. Hashem sets things up in such a way that they can suffer, and their suffering, their personal suffering, can be considered, can take the place of suffering of the entire world. Okay, so before we go on. So how does that work exactly, Lambda? So it's exactly the same principle that we've been saying till now. The tzaddik of his generation, the chassid of his generation, the shlem of their generation become the roish. They become the head. They occupy the head position in terms of the greater mass of neshamas of Klai Yisrael, the greater guf. Klai Yisrael is assembled into one unit, into one entity. As we keep saying, they are in the command center. They're in the cockpit. They're in the control tower. They're the roish. They're the roish. The roish stands for the entire being. You know, such a basic yet powerful concept over here. You know, when we want to say, who are we primarily? Who are we? We're, this is who we are. You know, you talk to them, you make eye contact with them. Nobody, you don't make nose contact with somebody when you speak with them. You stare at their fingers the whole time. You know, you have to have social things, social issues, so you don't make eye contact with somebody. You want to, no, you know, you want to talk to them, you connect with them. You make eye contact, the face, the head. That's who the person is. The rest of this is just, this is what I control. This is what I schlep around. My head moves my arms. My head moves my legs. My head, you know, does the hokey pokey and turns itself around. But the hokey pokey part of me is not me. What's the me? Where's the me primarily? The Reich. The Reich, that's who I am, right? The Reich is bigger who I am. That's where you find me. That's where you find me. You know, imagine, you know, you go out on a date with somebody, and they're talking to your foot the whole time. So, can you move your chair? I can't see your foot. Oh, there's your foot. So, uh, you know, what do you think about Putin? You know, that's kind of weird. That's kind of weird. You know, that's, it's that, they're not going to go on another date with that person, right? Foot kind of, you talk to somebody's foot? Talk to somebody's foot? No, that's not where you are. That's part of what you control, Right? The same thing when it comes to Klaistral. The Rosh of Klaistral, there really is Klaistral. Everyone else is an appendage to that Rosh. And um, Klaistral, taking that step, of, uh, taking that idea a step further, Klaistral is the center of the cosmos. The entire universe is created for Yidin, for Klaistral, for the Jews. <coughs> Everything in the world. And the world's destiny is here for Klaistral. So if I'm the Rosh of Klaistral, I'm the Rosh of the universe. And if the universe needs to have a certain amount of tsar, of anguish and suffering, to get closer to Mashiach, the suffering of the Reish can be tantamount to suffering of the universe. So the universe has to have umel, has to have tsar, to deal with the Hester Panim, to get the universe one step closer to balancing the books. The Reish suffers, the Reish's suffering, the Tzadik suffering, can be considered the universe suffering, and he can bring the universe one step closer to Dikun. And to put it in our terms, 
one step closer to Mashiach. The Gadol Ador, when he suffers, he's bringing, he can bring, conceivably, the cosmos, the universe, one step closer to Mashiach. Mashiach needs Klai Yisrael to do tshuva. Needs there to be, we have to deal with all the, all the baggage. We have to deal with the out, all the outstanding balances, all the accounts unpaid. So many accounts unpaid that this world has. We're still paying off the Cheda Egel, we know, right? The Tzaddik suffers, he, on his own, can single-handedly deal with a lot of the accounts that are unpaid and bring the world closer to Mashiach. <clears throat> and, and there's another advantage when the Tzaddik suffers. The fact that the Tzaddik himself, does he deserve this suffering? No. He, on his own, is shalim. He, on his own, has worked himself out. That's why he's the one that's been selected for this. He is the God Lador. He's already Roy Latoy. He doesn't deserve any suffering. He on his own has Shlemus. Shemus Yasrim Rak Bavurachirim. He's only being punished because of the sins of his generationalists, because of the people in the, around him to bring the world closer to Mashiach. If that's the case, Vadesh despise me to Sadin Bemuat Bohem Kimeruba Bichitim Atzmam. It changes the payment plan over here. And a little suffering of the tzaddik equals a lot of suffering of his co-generationalists. That means, you know, perhaps we were thinking, like, ah, that sounds really awful. Like, who have from, you know, the, the other one was wondering this morning. I was asked a question this morning. I get asked all kinds of questions. One question I was asked this morning is, how do I get on the WhatsApp group of the G'daylam? Hmm. So that's such a question this morning. I'd like to get on the <laughs> WhatsApp group of the G'daylam. How do I get on? How do I get on? So, uh, on the one hand, it sounds enticing. I'd, I'd love to be there on the WhatsApp group, group of the G'daylam. So, you know, what's, what's Reb Shmuel sending over to Reb Eliver? What are they sending to, uh, to, um, to um, Reb Eliver Brodny? What, what's everyone sending back and forth over here going to Reb Chaim Kanievsky? Who's the administrator? We'd, yeah, that's, that's what also we'd love to see that. Who's the admin, right? Right? Probably David Kushner. <laughs> but um, I would love to see, you know, be a part of this WhatsApp group. But on the other end, we're hearing now, wait one second, I don't know, do I want to be on that WhatsApp group of the G'dayim? You become a god, so you have to suffer for the whole generation. You really want that? You want that, Rebbe? You want, you want to be someone who's suffering for the whole generation? So it sounds a little bit unappealing, right? Because Ramchal just said, the generation needs to suffer quite a lot. Rahman al-Islam. There's a lot of Hester Panim, a lot of Kilkul, a lot of Rah. It's been built up since Adam Rishon until the year 5782. A, a lot of drifting and, 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 and uh, downward sinking has gone on in the world since then. And we've built up a lot, a lot, a lot of, uh, you know, debt that has to be paid off. And everyone could, Rahman al-Islam, suffer and get there to the Mashiach. Or the Tzadik can suffer for them because he's the Rosh. And his suffering represents the suffering of the world. So we would think, okay, so he's got to suffer. Everybody's suffering. And the Chabiz Hashem lets him suffer. Everyone else is suffering to bring Mashiach closer. Here's Ramachal saying that it doesn't work like that. And, and, and the Lamdus is quite elegant. He is in a position that he can suffer for everyone else because he's the Raj, and his suffering represents the, the community suffering, represents the country suffering, represents the generation's suffering, represents the universe's suffering because that's who he is. He's the Raj. Yet at the same time, Midas Hadin understands that the, the um, suffering that the tzaddik will suffer on behalf of his generation, on behalf of the entire world, will count exponentially. Will count in, in, in a, 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 to the power of 
whatever, his suffering, a little bit of his suffering, goes much further than a lot of suffering of the world. Why? Because he doesn't really deserve this suffering. He didn't do anything wrong. He didn't do anything wrong. We're allowing him to suffer because he's the Rosh, but at the same time, he's not responsible for this. And a Godel Ador does his best to discourage people from sinning, tries to lead the masses, tries to get them to do the right thing, and yet they still ignored him. They didn't do the right thing. He's not responsible for this. This is not his wrongdoing. This is not his kilkul. This is not his wrath that he's suffering for. And yet we're choosing him to suffer another because he's the Rosh. If that's the case, since he doesn't deserve this suffering, a small amount of suffering will go a very, 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 very far away. Very long way. A very long way. It will go very far. And it's not the pshat that allowing the gadol, the tzaddik, the chosset to suffer for his generation means he, mamish, gets everyone suffering. Fakir. Everyone gains. Everyone gains. The world gains because they don't have to suffer. And he gains because a small amount of his suffering can bring the world much, much closer to Mashiach. Let's see that inside. Um, is satisfied, accepts a small, small amount of his suffering as, as if as equal weight to a, a great amount of suffering of the sinners themselves. Because Midasiddin recognizes that, hey, you're not really suffering for your own sins, so you don't have to suffer as much. You're not really guilty of any crimes. You're not yourself in the red. So a very small amount will count much further. It goes exponentially. But not only that, it also is to his advantage. A rehash of an idea that we saw earlier in a different context. Once the tzaddik has been selected, the chas has been selected, the pious leader has been selected to suffer on behalf of his generation, that itself becomes meritorious for him. That makes him even more of a shalik. That makes him an even higher standing in Shemaim because he is suffering on behalf of everyone else. Look what kind of merits he has. He's someone who is, A, was already shalei, already achieved perfection, and B, has now been selected to suffer on behalf of his generation. So he's suffering and accepting those suffering and suffering on behalf of others and bringing the whole world close to Mashiach that promotes him and elevates him even higher. And Mamela, for the next trend of Yisur, now someone even higher is suffering. The suffering himself keeps promoting him and keeps getting the suffering to count even more and keeps reducing the amount of suffering that he has to suffer in order to bring the entire cosmos closer to Mashiach. It's a closed loop, that self-feeding, self-generating loop that's, that, that is spiraling upward. The more he suffers, the less he has to suffer, the less the generation has to suffer. So the more he suffers on behalf of other people, the, the, the more of an aliyah, elevation that is for him, the more of a gadol he becomes, and the more he's able to bring his generation and the entire world closer to Mashiach, and, and Mamela, the less and less and less and less he has to suffer because he's becoming more and more and more elevated and pure. Amazing. Okay. Um, all the more so he now has the power, as we just said, to set right and set straight what other people um, re- uh, bent and, 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 cr- and made crooked. Not only the gadol, the shalim of his generation, can, through his suffering, his own personal suffering, can make a tikkun for the people in his generation. He is again suffering on behalf of 
the universe, all of cosmos, meaning not just this generation, but for generations past as well, all the outstanding debts and the unpaid balances that have to be paid off from all time and all generations in order to get Mashiach here, in order to bring the world to its perfection, he's able to do that because he is the Reich of the universe, not just the Reich of his generation, he is the head of, his, of, of the universe. Certainly, this person who's been selected to suffer on behalf of his generation will have front row seats when we gather together the Shleimim, we have this gathering, this grouping, this bonding and uniting of all the people who have achieved Shleimus in Olam Haba. He's there at the forefront because he is that Rosh, because clearly he's the Rosh, he's been selected to represent Klal Yisrael in a timeless sense. Rashi HaRashim, he's the head of all heads. He's going to be there in God's inner circle, Mamish. And again, Rashi HaRashim, he's the head of heads. This is not just being said figuratively, Rabbi says, is being said literally, as we keep saying, he's the Rosh Mamish. He is Neshama, occupies the Rosh of his generation and of Klal Yisrael. When we talk about Klal Yisrael, we're talking about something eternal that goes through all generations. That's why he's been from generations past as well. Klal Yisrael is what the universe is all about. Klal Yisrael is what history is all about. This person has made himself not just the Rosh of his generation, he's made himself the Rosh of all generations. So this is the end of this paragraph. Let's just pick a couple things out. So there's different levels in someone becoming a Rosh. There's different places in the Rosh. A person can, a Rosh means again to be a leader, means to be someone who is responsible for his surroundings. Now you can be a Rosh in the present term sense, a Rosh of, in a limited sense. A person can be the Rosh of his neighborhood, of his community, even of his country. And that will allow a person, if his, his neshama is there in the Rosh, but of just of his immediate surroundings, so people can grab onto him and get into him, Habo, as we mentioned. People can align themselves with him, and he can suffer for them, and he can help atone for their averis. He can be at the center of his community, and through his personal suffering, he can prevent communal suffering. There was supposed to be tragedy, or exera. He's a Rosh, he can prevent his suffering, can prevent communal suffering. The highest level of a Rosh is not just that you are the center of your community, you're the center of your neighborhood, you're the center of your surroundings, but you're the center of the universe. You're the center of Klal occupying the center stage of eternity, of the cosmos. If a person makes himself the Rosh even over there, that transcends and surpasses just being the immediate Rosh of your surroundings, of your environment, you're the Rosh of Kleisrael, which is now timeless, and now your suffering can bring Kleisrael closer to Mashiach. So everybody, there's ascending Madregas in being a Rosh, and someone may just be a Rosh of, let's say, his community, so he'll be able to suffer for his community. But maybe not necessarily, his suffering won't necessarily bring Mashiach closer, he's not a Rosh over there, right? He's more of a, a, a subjective Rosh, a Rosh relative to his community. But then, again, his suffering will help his community, his suffering will help his country. But maybe he still has not yet made it to the Rosh of in terms of eternity, in terms of the cosmos, when for someone makes it all the way over there, then his Reish brings Mashiach closer. And any time someone is the Reish of, whether it's their community, whether it's their country, whether it's eternity, the, the other rule always works that his suffering will help them, but his suffering um, goes further because he's been selected to suffer on behalf of others. So if, let's say, Chas is supposed to be Xero against the community, and the Reish will suffer, the leader, the Manik will suffer to help out his community. 
So he'll never have to suffer the same degree that they were going to have to suffer. Because again, Midasa then says, well, you're suffering on behalf of someone else. You don't really deserve this. I've just been selected you that your suffering should burn off their gezeira so you, have to, you don't have to suffer as much because it's not really your gezeira. It's really their gezeira. Your suffering, since yours is suffering undeservedly, that counts much more. That goes much further. Everybody, that, that rule always applies. That axiom always um, is in effect. And there's different levels of being a reish. Okay? Um, there's another aspect of being that reish as well, which is the Ramchal mentioned in, earlier, and let's re, re, reiterate it now. People can suffer on behalf of their generation. It's true. person has to make himself that reish to suffer on behalf of their generation. And that reish means that the people are appendages to you. Um, for the, to work for them, they have to be bottled to you. So this works both ways. We, we want you know, to become an appendage to a Rosh. We have to make ourselves bottled to that Rosh. We have to make ourselves bottled to that Rosh. And, um, and, um, We talked about that means what does that mean to become part of someone else's leadership, part of someone else's hanhaga, to make myself I want to get into Elam Habo with on someone else's pace. What does it mean? How do you do that? You, you daven where they daven, you dress the way they dress, you grow your pace the way they grow their pace. You, you know, Russia has 600 people in this year that know exactly how to do this the way Russia does it, right? Right? That's what it means. Um, bottle to him now because I do exactly how he does it. No. Bottle to someone else, making someone a Rosh means they're the Rosh. Their values, their ideals, how they live, that's really what life is all about. I accept that. I would love to do that also. I try my best, but it's, I have a harder time. But his values are my values, his ideals are my ideals. We spoke this out already. This we spoke out. That's Mitad, the Yodayim and the Raglayim making themselves appendages, the Yoda Arichta to the Reish. But the Reish, who wants to be able to do this for his generation, Be'etzim, has to have some kind of degree of involvement with his generation. You can't really be a Reish to anyone if you're not influencing anyone, if you're not a dogma to anyone, if you're not a role model to anyone, if you're not trying to lead or guide anyone. Speaking of which, Rayleigh, could you pass me that box of tissues, please? Of course. Thank you very much. So if you're not trying to... Um, lead or guide or influence, you can't be a right. You can't be a rush to anyone. And I believe this is one of the pshatim in the, you know the famous story. You know we know there's a concept called a tzaddik nister, someone who doesn't want to take any credit for being a tzaddik. There is such a thing as being a tzaddik nister. You know you don't want to have any covered, any recognition, any kind of. Um, self-servingness from anything you do. You want to keep everything quiet, hush-hush. You know? Um, the kind of people that you, you get a, you know, the stories, you get a story tape from Shlomo Le Karbach. Here over the bad the tzaddikim nistorim, right? The tzaddikim ha nistorim. Hidden tzaddikim. There's such a thing. There's such a thing. At the same time, someone's a tzaddik nister, uh, limits his capability of being a rosh. 
you're not influencing anyone, you're not guiding anyone, you're not leading anyone. And if anything's the contrary, the Tzadik Nisra, as everybody knows from all the Shlomo Kabbalah stories, the Tzadik Nisra is always the guy who's the biggest bum, the guy who's the biggest miser, the guy who's the biggest, uh, 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 you know, mushchis um, in town, right? He's the guy who's the Tzadik Nisra, of course. Who are you guiding? Who are you leading? You're not really. You're, you're making an opposite effect, but that's part of the decision that goes into being a Tzadik Nister. There is something to be said about being a Rosh and being a Manhig and being able to raise and guide and lead and also being able to have this position where your suffering can atone for, the, for, 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 for Kla Yisrael. And there's a famous story that we saw Salanter. Bissel Salanter wanted to be a Tzadik Nister. He wanted to be a Tzadik Nister. Uh, his original plan was, Bissel Salanter was a, a genius, an Ili, should be Iluyim, and he decided that he was going to be a Tzadik Nister. And his Rebbe, Rebbe Zunzel from Salan, told him, you don't have any right to be a Tzadik Nister. You don't have any right to conceal yourself. You have no right to do that. In this generation, no one has a right anymore to be a Tzadik Nister. And the Kavanas over here are, are manifold. One level is, like we're saying, the, the, the generation needs leaders, it needs role models, it needs guides. You know, you have no right to leave everybody lacking. You're cut out to be a leader, he said through Yusuf Salanter. You're cut out to, to, to make mapechas, um, to make revolutions over here in Klaiso. And Yusuf Salanter did. He revolutionized Klaiso, gave us the Muslim movements. You have no right to leave Klaiso bereft of that. Also, I would say that we invoke the Ramchal here as well. And someone becomes a Rosh, his suffering can bring Mashiach closer. If you're not a Rosh, you can't do that. you got to be a Rosh. you got to be someone who occupies a Rosh position within, within Klai Yisrael. It's difficult to do that when you're hidden. It's difficult to be a Rosh when no one is, is being led and guided by you. That's primarily what makes somebody into a Rosh. Okay? So, Pashas, this is the, um, the second level of Kavan over here within the, um, that, that story. And um, another, one final thing over here in the Tzaddik, in the, becoming the Rosh, the Chazit becoming the Rosh and suffering for, on behalf of everyone else, is, as the Ramchal alluded to earlier, what, what's one of the primary differences between the Tzaddik suffering and this generation suffering? Well, one of them we saw is how much suffering do you have to have? But the other idea is, how much are you accepting your suffering is coming straight from HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Remember, pain is really Hester Panam. Hester Panam leads to Aris Panam. Hashem's concealment leads to Hashem's revealing himself, right? It leads to Hashem revealing himself. And the darkness gives way to the light because the darkness was sponsored by the light because the darkness was there to show the light. The darkness and the light was both coming from the same source. That is most active and most powerful when I, when I encounter a darkness, I say, I know Hashem, the darkness is also from you. And I know the darkness is just there to get to the light. In other words, I accept the suffering. I accept the pain. I accept the Hester Panam. I say, Hashem, this is really coming from you to lead to Oros Panam. Then I myself really brought the Hester Panam closer to Oros Panam. I brought the darkness closer to light. And this is something that Sadiq also does, which the generation doesn't always have the easiest time with. Suffering has to happen in order to bring to the light. Sometimes it will happen with us or without us, as a result of us or in spite of us. If somebody accepts the suffering... So he himself is bringing the darkness close to the light. He himself is making Ha'asterpanim go to Ha'asterpanim. If someone doesn't accept his suffering, he's got to suffer a lot more because then his, his, his suffering leads to 
being able to show everyone, this is what happens when you cross me. You can't cross me and get away with it. Hashem is the one that has to demonstrate to everybody that the pain and the darkness is there to lead to the light. And when Hashem has to do it, it's going to be much more severe, much more powerful. When the tzaddik accepts Hashem, the tzaddik says, yes, this is Hashem's darkness, and it's really just there to promote the light, to lead to greater light. It goes much further, and it diminishes the amount of suffering. Okay? Let's just, Tess is connected to Ches. Let's just wrap it up. Tess speaks out things that we've sort of already um, uh, sprinkled here and there over the course of Ches. The Ramchal is going to tell us in Tess the idea of suffering being required and necessary to, to bring the world to Tikkun is not just because of, of punishments and for Einshim, for, for Averis, but it's also Mitzis. It's, it's, it's consequential. It's consequential the fact that there has to be to get to ours, part of Hashem's concealment to lead to Hashem's revelation, suffering to lead to to um, euphoria. It's also a, 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 just a matter of push it, um, um, uh, action and reaction, um, action and consequence. Let's see. Tes vihine We've been discussing this so far on a level of Hashem's justice. Mizbar oid altada mitzis. It's a matter of Reality also is consequential. According to how Hashem set up the Bria, like we explained earlier. When a person sins, he increases pollution in the world, contamination, spiritual taints, and there's an increase in the world and in people and in ourselves of tum of spiritual contamination. When we increase spiritual contamination, we're pushing Hashem out of the world and we're making it more and more and more darkness where we are polluting the world and we're making it smoggier and filthier. When this pollution, contamination, clears itself out, the air gets cleaned, and, and, and the, the population of this world, the people are purged and pured from the contamination. Hashem's light can come back into the world. So it's also consequential, not just about punishments, not just about Hashem saying, okay, you said there has to be more, I'm going to turn away from the world more, and I have to wait until suffering to come back. It's also consequential in that we're increasing the world's resistance to HaKadosh Baruch That resistance that gets built up, which disallows Hashem to penetrate Hashem's light, is mitigated by suffering. Once I have to suffer, so that resistance has been lowered because now the consequence has been met in kind by the results of that consequence. When the elite of the generation, the Gedayim, the leaders of the generation suffer, they're able to purge the pollution from the entire Bria. They, again, as the Rosh, they, as the leaders, as the, as the people that represent the entire generation, are able through their suffering to purge and clean the pollution that has crapped up in the world on a global scale, much more than the individuals who are below the levels of the leaders. Okay, that wraps up Tez. And we're still, we're not quite done with this prayer. We have one or two more uh, uh, approaches left in understanding suffering. And tomorrow, Rabbi Yisai, tomorrow, we're going to get into the world of reincarnation. We'll talk about reincarnation. So anyone that wants to know who they were in a previous life, stay tuned. Tune in tomorrow. We're going to be discussing that. Okay, thank you all for joining. How many